2: Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune columnist, is on the Patriot Reality phone line. Patriot Realty. And, oh, that's right. Realty. Patriot We Realty are in reality. We are in reality. I almost got it right for the first time in two days there, <laughs> uh, Chip. Chip, what are we going to complain about as followers of Minnesota Professional Sports? We got the wild. The wild. The wild are good. Okay, the people like yeah. the wine because they lose a game once in a while. But they're going to be about the. They're going to be uh, in the what fifth, sixth seed in the in yeah. the Western yeah. Conference playoffs. And then we got the Timberwolves. At least tried, man. They went and got Jimmy Butler, and they tried. Mm-hmm. They did something, and they got Carl Anthony Towns, one of the best young players in the NBA. And then you got the Vikings going out and getting a $84 million quarterback all guaranteed, and you got the Twins doing more stuff than they... This is my 44th spring training. I've never seen anything like this down here. It's unbelievable. They're, they're making moves. They're up to $130 million. Yeah, and
3: that's the same thing. If you're a fan of any team, what is the one thing that you want from your Effort. ownership? Ever Spend money. Be aggressive. Don't uh, sit on the sideline and watch other teams take steps to try to build a championship. And I think we're seeing that from uh really from all the teams. If you go back to um really what Craig Leopold did in two thousand thirteen and yeah. going out and, and basically spending two hundred million dollars to bring in Zach Freeze and Ryan Sooner. Now I have not translated into a championship but you can't fault the guy in the front end from trying to uh you know change the narrative and, and build a championship team and, and I you know I'll throw the links in there um, as yep. well, look what Cheryl Reed did last week. She traded the first round pick to go get a veteran player because she doesn't have time to wait on a rookie to develop. They're, they have a window to win championships, and she goes out and gets a, a veteran player. And so, you're seeing that really in town with all these teams that are taking steps and being aggressive and being proactive to try to improve the roster. And, and you know, when, how many years we heard about the cheap pole ads? Well, I don't think you can really. Cling to that excuse anymore. I mean, this what they've done this offseason has not been cheap, and it's it's been amazing to me, Pat, um, the amount of kind of pushback that I hear and see on Twitter and social media with the Vikings in terms of people that are upset with how much money they're spending on Kirk Cousins, which is kind of it's kind of funny because for years we've you know lamented how bad their quarterback situation has been, um, and now they go out and get the top quarterback free agent outside of Drew Brees. And I understand that there's a feeling that ah, if you do this, you're going to hamstring yourself in terms of being able to sign your own free agents. But I think that's been proven by multiple media outlets, including Bing Guest and my paper, that they can have both. They can sign their free agents and have enough money to, uh, to to sign Kirk Cousins too. So I think it's a win-win for them.
2: So and and by the way, if you got to let a guy name go by like Danny Daniel Hunter, okay, nice yeah. player, but if if you get your quarterback. You can replace a defensive end. You you, you cannot find a quarterback, and I'm, I'm not. I, I don't think they'll have to lose him. But I'm just throwing him out as yeah, an example. Exactly, yeah, as an example. That's you know you can find a defensive player. You can find a difference making defensive player, and he's not a difference maker yet, but he's pretty good. But this guy is, you know, top ten in the league. Go get him. Yeah, you can. You know, you can win with him. That's what counts. Well, it's interesting too that I, I've seen. Uh, you know,
3: some people. and I don't know if it's a, a big percentage of people saying that there's not much difference between Kirk Cousins and and Case Keenum. I disagree. I, <laughs> I dis- disagree, no I disagree
2: immensely. Be a key, yeah. case. We we saw the best we'll ever see from Case, and uh, you know, congratulations to him. He's going to go out and get a chance to play in Denver. But uh, he's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback.
3: No, I just don't. I just don't think he's at the level of Kirk Cousins, and in saying that, Kirk Cousins is not the level. Of, some of the top quarterbacks, and I mean, that's not a you know, that's not any shock. I mean, people are saying, "Well, you're paying him to be a you know a franchise guy." Well, you are what the market says you are, and what the, yes. people forget about all free agency is is timing. When do you hit it, you yes. know? And who's who's a free agent with you? And that's what it is. And he happened to be the number one free agent on the market at a time when the, the uh, salary cap is going on, so he's hitting it, um, at the right time. And guess what? The next guy's going to have a little bit more, and the next guy's going to get a little bit more. So it's all about timing more than, you know, the actual dollars. So I, really, I, I, you know, I got the sense in talking to – I talked to Spielman, first Spielman at the uh, Super Bowl and also Mark Wolf. And we didn't talk specifics. They weren't telling me their plan, obviously. But you could just get a sense that they knew they're on a the cusp with everything going on with their organization, that they had to be really aggressive with this, with this move. So it doesn't surprise me, but um, it's kind of nice to see them go out And really be super aggressive and trying to get the best guy on the market.
2: Hey, Chip Gessling just made a great point. It's kind of the it's 180 degrees, but uh, Green Bay had the quarterback and didn't put the team around him for all those years with Rodgers. After they won the one Super Bowl, this is the opposite. You got the team, Mm -hmm. you got to get the quarterback. to, for the team to surround so anyone who's complaining about this is an idiot to me and I just got done telling Ben this I think it's the biggest quarterback move since they brought back Tarkington in 1972 because they got Favre he was 39, he was 40 years old they got Warren Moon, he was 38 years old you're getting this kid in his prime yeah and,
3: and I, I will equate it to when they did go out and get Favre because they were I, the roster I don't think was at this level but it was a good roster you could tell that they were uh, remember their slogan back then was all in that he was yeah. going to be the final piece. They had a good defense. They had Peterson. Um, they didn't have the wide receivers this group had, but but they felt like all right, Favre was going to be the, the put him over the top. Now I don't think anyone, as great as Favre was, I don't think they thought they were going to get the season out of him that that he gave them. I mean that was statistically one of his best oh, yeah. seasons. Um, and so I don't think that they're getting at that level. But the thing what you're getting with with Cousins is you know you're getting an established guy for three years. And a guy who's put up, what, 4,000 passing yards the last three, four years. Um, And so you know you're going to get a certain level of performance out of that quarterback position and to go with Zimmer's defense and and all the good things that they have going on with this roster. Um, Because if you look at their roster, Pat, their nucleus is 25 to 30. That's the optimum age to win in the NFL. And all those guys are. Their best offensive players are younger than 29. And so... They have a window here of four years with that defense and those with the quarterback and uh, the wide receivers and, and the running back to win a championship. And I don't think that there's any reason why that shouldn't be the expectation as long as Kirk Cousins is here.
2: And this kid, I mean, that's kid, I shouldn't call him a kid. He'll be 30 when he plays his first game for the Vikings. Yeah. But I got, I, I got great admiration for a guy who probably left Three more years and another $80 million on the table because he is, A, he knows he can go and get it again in three years if he plays yeah. well. But B, he wants to win. He, yeah. They all say they want to win. He, this guy has just given you evidence that he wants to win. That's why he's coming here. Now, $84 is a whole lot of money, but twice yeah. as much, twice as much was available
3: to him. But it's, it's very strategic of him because he knows exactly. If he if it was just about money, he'd go play for the Jets because they, they would offer them more, I'm guessing. And, and maybe the Cardinals or whoever would offer them more, too. But he looked at it as like, okay, which team is closest to winning the Super Bowl? And if you if he does that and becomes a Super Bowl winning quarterback or has three really good years, they get to the championship or whatever, he's going to get another big bite at that apple. And so uh, he, he realizes this is the yeah. best chance to win big and by doing that, any quarterback that wins big is probably going to... I mean, Case Keenan played well in a good system, and he went from, what, $2 million to, what's he going to make, $20 million down there? $18 million? Yes. His salary jumped up because he was surrounded. He had a good situation. They won. And he was viewed in a different light now than he did 12 months ago. And so, Kirk Cousins knows if he has three really good years on a really good team, he's going to have another big swing at a big contract. And, and so, it was very strategic on his part, and you know, I think on the Vikings it was smart, too, because you know you you know you, you have some cost certainty that now they're uh, $86 million, and um, if you have to re-sign them at the end of the three years, you know, you'll deal with it then, but see what you can get for these three years.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. You and I, of course, did see him at one of his lowest moments when he lost to Coach Brew <laughs> in, a, in a shootout with Adam Weber on a, a yeah. Saturday night when that uh, when that uh, stadium was actually jumping. Remember? Was it a Saturday yeah. night? Was it a Halloween yep. night or something like that? I think that? It, was it was a Halloween game, right? Yeah, uh, it was a hell of a game. And uh, and I looked up Cousins' numbers. He, he It was It was 42 to 35 or something, but Cousins didn't throw for 300. Adam Weber threw for like 350 or something in that game. Yeah, I remember, Pat. My first experience with him
3: was um, I went to the Big Ten media day before his senior year, and uh, myself and Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports basically had him alone, and he was talking about back then it was really starting to bubble up about whether uh, college athletes should be paid. And just talking to this guy, we, we sat with him for like 30 minutes, and he was incredibly articulate and well-spoken. And then he gave just this remarkable speech at the Big Ten Lunch, and you could find it on YouTube, uh, where it's just, he blew everyone away. And, and you just saw just how mature he was and, and what kind of kind of leadership qualities he had. And um, I was really impressed just talking to him that day. and was like, you know, this is a guy who is going to be great uh, in terms of, kind of your face of your franchise and the guy you want to be your leader because he just comes across as just this incredibly mature, articulate uh, smart guy. And, and I think that's kind of played out in the NFL and I'm sure we'll see that when he you know he
2: takes over here and has his press conference. It is amazing, though, sports. Uh, they got Robert Griffin, and they bring in uh, Kirk Cousins as an afterthought to be, maybe be a career backup, and now he's uh, getting $84 million and Robert Griffin might end up playing in Canada. So
3: That's why a, I would never want to be an a NFL GM or whatever. You have to figure out which quarterback is going to succeed and which is not. And I, I could probably figure out, because I love Peyton Manning, that he was going to be a great NFL quarterback, yeah. but there's and Andrew Luck. I, he was in that same boat, but... Man, it is it is such a crapshoot to know which one of these guys are going to pan out, which aren't.
2: Well, Judd just got over getting being mad at the Vikings for beating Washington in that game, uh, <laughs> would be, and not getting Robert Griffin a couple of years ago. He, he yeah. carried that grudge for about five years. So, uh, yeah, and a game that uh, it
3: didn't matter, right? They played yeah. hard; it didn't matter. <laughs> no, we didn't, we didn't they like that. Yeah. They,
2: they tried. All right, hey, That's thanks, right. Jeff. All right, Matthew. Uh, Always talk to you. Goodbye, Chips Coggins, Star Tribune sports columnist. On a glorious day in uh, Minnesota sports history, Kirk Cousins coming in to play quarterback. Lance Lynn uh, going to the mound and pitching three scoreless innings. Ten minutes after he signed his contract. So, uh, and uh, the Twins are trying. The Vikings are really trying. The Timberwolves tried. It might not work out, but they tried. And the Wild—they're just pretty good. So. Don't worry about it. Uh, sports, Pro sports in Minnesota in pretty good shape right now. We'll be back.
4: And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day.
0: When I looked at the offseason, I wanted to go somewhere where they had a chance to win no matter what. And this was definitely a, a place that presented itself, especially as offseason uh, went on and I know some of the guys in the clubhouse and got to know the front office well uh, you know with, with a lot of talks and stuff like that so it seemed like a perfect fit and I'm looking forward to going and doing what I have to do and it's taking the ball when it's my turn.
2: His uh, new Twins pitcher, Lance Lynn, new starter. He uh, was introduced today at 10.30, little press conference downstairs in the cafeteria. Bigger crowd than Lomo got. Uh, there was a pretty good crowd that was live on MLB Network. Uh, and then, so that broke up maybe 10.50, almost 11 o'clock. At 1 o'clock, he took the hill today uh, as the starting pitcher. He's been working out over in Jupiter in uh, uh some workout place the same place that uh actually uh Logan Morrison was working out and uh, and a few other players not not this uh, free agent camp in Bradenton but over in Jupiter uh, he was working out over there and uh, he he said he was trying to gear up his uh, efforts to, with the idea that he was going to be on a club at the start of the season. He certainly looked uh, good today. He looked In the third inning, he looked like he might have gotten a little tired. He walked a guy with one out, but uh, he threw 41 pitches, struck out five in three innings. Now, I will say... Uh, there were a few looks at the plate umpire by all hitters today. I can't i don't I didn't even look to see who the plate umpire was, but it looked like he had a pretty good size strike zone, which helped uh uh Lance Lynn but did you know this about Lance Lynn, gentlemen? I did not know this until I've been checking a little bit today. He was part of the Brownsburg Indiana team that appeared in the nineteen ninety nine Little League World Series, really. I can't remember Brownsburg, Indiana, but he, so he was on one of those teams. And at was Brownsburg, he the kid too
1: that not only was he the pitcher, but he was the shortstop and
2: he was well, the. He doesn't have that shortstop body. So <laughs> I, I, don't know. I don't know how he would have looked back then, but he was definitely the pitcher. But here's my favorite stat. Uh, now this is this is strictly racy, uh teaching you about sports. Uh, the tw- the. Minnesota Gophers won the national championship in 1956. And their hitting star was a guy from St. Paul, Jerry Kindle, who then, of course, later became a very famous uh, college coach at Arizona and ended up playing a lot in the majors, including for the Twins. But the guy was a power hitter and a hitting son of a gun, and he ended up in the major leagues, and he was a great second baseman who couldn't hit, okay? Mm -hmm. So... Hitting a baseball gets more difficult as you ascend, okay? <laughs> that's that's what we've learned here. This kid, this guy, Lance Lynn at Brownsburg High School, he as a junior he hit four oh nine with fourteen homers and forty-six runs batted in. Uh, as a senior, he uh in, in his career he hit four seventy three in high school, okay? His career batting average in Major League Baseball is 60. Wow. Now he's a, he's a pitcher, but he became a switch hitter last year I guess just for giggles because he uh <laughs> he can't he can't hit. But here's a guy that hit 900 in uh in high school and uh as he as he progressed he couldn't hit and of course the fact you don't hit uh has a lot to do with that decline too. But uh I see him as uh I really uh liked him as much as uh uh Arietta myself uh, you know for the price uh for, for price, he's obviously a better deal than Arietta but but i think i think he's just as good a pitcher as Arietta Arietta had the one year that was just phenomenal but uh i i, I think that uh, uh i i think i'd take Lynn and Oda Rizzi over you Darvish wouldn't you if you just got Ooh. one of them if you just got one of them, no, I'm saying you got both instead of just one. Oh, I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I still would like all—all all things being equal. I think the Twins made out very well, uh, considering the fact that they missed out on you, Darvish. They still did very, very well. But I personally probably would still take you, just given that you do have playoff aspirations for this club, and you do want—you want an ace. But I—I I think. All things being equal, I think they did great. I really do. I'm I'm and, very happy. And with they them. got
2: they got Morrison, uh, Odorizzi, and uh, and Lynn for 24 million, and you cost you 20.
1: And that's just so, it. You wonder if they did find a way to get you Darvish if they go out and get Morrison. If oh, they, oh
2: yeah, maybe Morrison. They wouldn't. Have, they but they wouldn't have won't go get Odorizzi. Yeah, no. Or, no. But uh, in uh, 2013, he's uh, 15 and 10. And a th- uh, two-thirds innings and uh, his era is 397 the next year 2014 he's 15 and 10 with a 274 era and 203 and two-thirds innings and his strikeouts are always been good uh you know last year they said his strikeouts were down well he still had 151 and 186 and uh, third innings that's that's pretty damn good but the guy's a horse he wants the ball you can just see that he's uh He's a no-excuse kind of guy. He's, and he has,
1: uh, and with the years of pitching with the Cardinals, he's got postseason and World Series pitching experience. So it's not like he's just this yeah, young, he's, wide he's pitched, in,
2: uh, he's pitched in 24 postseason games, uh, for goodness sakes. Uh, he's been in... Uh, uh, 24 postseason games with the with and that organization down there,
1: and boys, I know I keep harping on this point, but it's worth. I I just like the fact that they now have a lot of pitching depth that they didn't have. Mm-hmm. God, they haven't had that forever. It seems like, and that's just how. Look at the Indians. That's the way that the Indians were able to, in addition to having a,
2: a good lineup,
1: but they had just such great well, pitching depth.
2: Well, the most forlorn guy looking looking in the clubhouse this morning was Mejia, and you know. uh four days ago he thought he was going to probably be in the rotation and then phil hughes pitched good yesterday and and lance lynn shows up and he's on the he's walking across the parking lot today uh to uh, go over and uh, start for rochester so So, so.
1: pat let me ask you this because i watched like i said i watched hughes yesterday he i thought he looked great what happens then if hughes is good what do you well i
2: I think you still go with the four-man rotation to start the year and uh I don't. I don't see him trading everybody. I think when Irv comes back, they got a five-man rotation, and if everybody's pitching good, Hughes is your long man. You know, I think that, uh, and you know, spot start something like that. I would think. I don't or if think, he's
1: good, do you start off with Hughes in your five uh, as a part of and, the five-man and not rotation? Not Gibson. Then Ooh, I
2: mean, you no, gotta, no, 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 because Irv's on the shelf. Yeah, but you got Oda Rizzi. Yeah, you got uh, Lynn. Yeah, you got Bear Gibson. Jokes. Gibson and Berrios. So then Irv become so if they're gonna only pitch with four through most of April, which is there's no reason to pitch with five, I think you just get Hughes used to pitching out of the bullpen, basically. But for so you're saying, I, I'm sure they'd like Husey to look great, so they could maybe get somebody to take him for half, and you pay half. You so know? what I you're know.
1: saying though is, in addition to this team buying a championship, we have too much pitching,
2: too much pitching. Yes, too much. <laughs> I almost wrote that as my column the other day, and then I decided it'd be too hard. That that same old problem for the Twins: too much pitching. But you're on that. Hildenberg's going to start the season at Rochester. Well, you? no, I'm just saying he's been terrible, and yeah. they got a lot of arms in the bullpen, and. Um, you know these guys. Uh, these guys uh, are perform. I think they were a little surprised how good Hildenberger was last year. So, well, I'm not saying he's going to, but I'm saying he better get him out here in the next week because they have. Uh, they, They've got they have some options. Yeah. They do have options, and they like this Kindly. Who's uh, the, the, rule, he's the five rule five guy? guy yep. Okay. Even though he's twenty seven years old, my my theory on those guys is: oh, he's got a good arm. Okay, yeah, he's got a good arm, and he's still stuck in the minor leagues at age twenty seven. So, but as you keep yeah, pointing you know, out, they don't like to give up assets. They do not like to give up assets. Uh, but uh, you know what? The loosest guy in training camp this year, spring training, compared to last year, has been Falvey. Really? He's like Mister Quip. You can even quip for. So, Berardino asked him. Uh, if if they got the end of the July, Falvey if if he thought that they could maybe get another, you know, add an asset, mm-hmm. and if Jim Polad would approve it, and Derek kind of answered it, and I slapped him on the back, and I said that okay, that's okay, you can tell him that asset might only be here a week anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "I'm never going to live that one down, am I?" I said, "Not as long as I'm around." The right? long and storied history of Jaime. Yes. <laughs> yes, right. All right, we'll be back.
4: you're on the ride with Royce
2: charmingly
0: vulgar yeah on
4: 1500 ESPN
0: here is Johnny Haidt with a sports update thank you Patrick this update sponsored by Account Temps do you need accounting and finance professionals for long-term or recurring projects if so Account Temps salaried professional service may be the right solution visit AccountTemps.com Account Temps a Robert Half Company Quick recap of all that uh, quarterback talk. Kirk Cousins coming here to play quarterback for the Vikings, guaranteed 84 mil for three years. Uh, Former Vikings quarterback news, Teddy Bridgewater, apparently close to finalizing a deal with the Jets. Sam Bradford signing with the Cardinals. And Case Keenum will end up with the Broncos. Twins lose to Baltimore today, 7-5. But as you said, Lance Lynn's first start in a Twins uniform, a good one. Three innings, no hits, no runs, struck out five. Uh, Twins also made some roster moves this morning. Left-handed pitchers Steven Gonzalez and Alberto Mejia and righties John Curtis and Aaron Slager's optioned to Triple-A Rochester. They also optioned righty Fernando Romero to double-A Chattanooga. Twins roster now down to uh, 48 players in camp. Uh, one other baseball note. Tim Tebow among the Mets' first wave of roster no! cuts. No, uh, Tim, Tim not having a good spring. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, he's hitting 0-56 with Oof. eleven strikeouts in nineteen plate appearances. So uh.
2: that doesn't mean he won't play in the big leagues if the uh, if the Mets want to draw a crowd. I watched their game Saturday, Mets Yankees, and uh-huh. I
1: watched uh, Tim have an at bat against Araldus Chapman. It didn't work out. That well, was, was a lot of fun. Oh, wow. It wanted no part of all this, man. I can't believe it. Like John
2: looked like John Crock against Randy <laughs> That's Johnson. Exactly what it looked like.
0: <laughs> wow. Timberwolves are in action tonight. They're on the road in Washington to play the Wizards. The Minnesota Wild they're at home tonight playing Colorado at the Excel Energy Center. Defenseman Nick Sealer comes back tonight. By the way, he missed the previous three games. He had a right bicep strain
2: and the flu. Sore <laughs> face too from. the <laughs> fight in a sore face too all right Johnny that was fantastic Brandon <laughs> Lang coming up on the Patriot Realty phone line hitching a ride with Roycey. I think it's a waste of everybody's time oh but it's so yes there's better <laughs> things to do in life on
4: 1500 ESPN.
2: Manny uh, Hill, I think you and I can agree. The best thing that happened to us on Radio Row at the Super Bowl was getting to meet Brandon Lang. Yes,
4: 100% agree.
2: BrandonLang.com, Las Vegas-based. Brandon Lang. Now, I thought we were having you for an exclusive radio interview today, Brandon, but you'd had a couple other appearances around the country, I understand.
4: Yeah, but you know the old saying in life, brother man, you save the best for last. (laughs)
2: That's right. I gotta ask you a question. Does anybody bet the play in games?
4: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. My best bet on the board for all you know, for for next two days is tonight. (laughs) Okay. You know UCLA. UCLA is I got UCLA going to the Elite Eight. They're my they're my eleven seed George Mason from two thousand and six where where Mason as an eleven seed got to the final four. I don't know if UCLA's got enough to beat Villanova, but a lot of people haven't seen this team play because they're on the West Coast. Yes. But I'm telling you, they got a pair of guards in Holiday and 6'8 Wilks that they went into Arizona, beat Arizona at Arizona. When they play well, they are almost unbeatable. And then they took Arizona overtime in the Pac-12 So it's, it's a team that you're going to be impressed with when you see them play tonight.
2: Well, they, got, they had the three kids basically booted off the team in China, and I think that kind of all gave us the perception that they weren't going to be as good as we thought they might be, but uh, they've replaced those guys no problem, huh? Well, it's funny you say that. That, that,
4: that whole incident kind of detracted the team from their, took their energy away, and the drama that came with that was almost like Pigpen and charlie brown with that cloud of dirt behind him it took them halfway through the year to kind of refocus and redirect and, and kind of get to where they were going that distracted this team a ton and once they kind of got it turned around and got it going they're playing their best ball of the year right now which again to me that's what it's all about. I, the, the committee is such a joke. The only thing missing oh, from being oh, Bozos is the makeup. To, to, to thank tell, God you said us,
2: that. That was to, my next question. Is this the worst selection committee performance ever?
4: Ever. Ever. Because, And, and it's not that. It's just so hypocritical mm-hmm. of everything they do on that level by saying that, that wins in November and December matter. No, you know, quad one, quad two. I was at the gym today and I asked the girl doing squats next to me, I said, how's my quad three going? Because I got a quad (laughs) two right here. How's my quad three looking right here? I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter what teams are doing in November, December. They're not even half the team they are then that they are now. What happens is the teams play great in November, December. If they're not playing great late in the year, that means teams have adjusted and are taking them out of what they like to do, and they can't adjust and, and, and win that way. And that's why Oklahoma struggled, because they've taken Trey Young and learned how to defend him. That's why teams, how teams are playing right now is what matters. And here, here's my point. If the committee would have taken Syracuse, Arizona State, and Syracuse, Arizona State, and Oklahoma, and, and, and not put them in, and they yes. put in Notre Dame, USC, and Oklahoma State, you would have had maybe 1% the backlash of the 90% backlash the committee got. Yep. Am I right or wrong?
2: Well, Syracuse is in Arizona. How can Southern Cal, the runner-up in the Pac-10, not be in, and Arizona State, which tied for eighth? The conference has to stand for something, doesn't it?
4: Yeah, I, I listen, Syracuse seems to get in every yes. single year. I, I honestly think Jim beheim has got pictures of some of these committee members with She-Mails <laughs> in Vegas. So yeah, there's, there's no other answer to me no. that every year Syracuse does nothing, yet we see they're in the tournament.
2: Yep, that's that's exactly right. I do buy the theory, though, that uh, uh, the, the teams that had one of their assistant coaches uh, indicted – uh, they they worked to keep those teams out of the tournament, except they couldn't keep Auburn out. But uh, the other three, they basically kept them out of the tournament.
4: Right, and they couldn't keep Arizona out. And and I think there is yes, some truth right. to that as well. I really do. But this is the tournament we have in front of us. I think we're going to have some great games. I got I got some upsets that I that I really really like and. And uh, I, I've been pretty dialed in in college basketball this year, and I'm looking forward to, to, to nailing this tournament.
2: Now, last time I talked to uh, Manny, you might remember, last time we talked to him, what was what was your run, Brandon? You were on in college basketball. It was uh, unbelievable. I can't yeah, remember seven what and it was. 0
4: Super Bowl week. I released okay. the Super Bowl on a Monday, and <laughs> I decided to put a basketball play with the football play so somebody would have something to bet that night. Yeah, you're getting the Super Bowl on Monday, the pick on Monday, the games on Sunday. Here, here's a college basketball play on Monday. Bet that winner Tuesday. Here you go, winner Wednesday. Winner seven and zero that week. And then I turn around and hit go five and zero the next week. So I'm on like a twelve. Well, mm-hmm. I was on a five and two the next week. I was on a twelve and two run. Then I hit two more in a row. I'm on a fourteen and two run. And then uh, again Then I hit the iceberg and the, and the the band started playing. The life rafts were going. I think I went on a two and ten run after that. Really? And yep. But, yeah, but now you fought about, your
2: but, now you've fought your way back.
4: All the way back, and, and the great thing about that bad run is my bankroll was so good, my my money management was so good that I got through it. Only had one losing week, and here in 2018 we've won seven or nine weeks. So it's been a it's been a really rock solid year so far.
2: Hey, uh, Brandon, give us uh, like uh, give us somebody coming out of the brackets. Who do you like?
4: Well, the upsets are what everybody wants to talk about. Sure, right. And when I look at the when I look at the fourteen-three matchups, because I always look for somebody yep. to scare somebody. Keep an eye on Montana over Michigan, fourteen over a three, only because Michigan really? one of the worst. Michigan's one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the country. Mm-hmm. So if they can if they can hang around and just make things interesting, that could get really tight. Thirteen over a four. It's happened quite a few times. It's happened twenty six times. In this tournament, a 13 over a 4. Yep. As I break down the 13s, I don't know if Buffalo's got enough. You keep an eye on NC Greensboro, making things uncomfortable for Gonzaga. I've won with Greensboro this year. Had him at home when they ended East Tennessee State's 16-game winning streak. Keep an eye on those boys. Veteran team. Auburn, Bruce Pearl, if his team, doesn't, if his team comes out the way they came out against Alabama, <laughs> College of Charleston's going to beat them. They're, they're a legit basketball team.
2: What was um, that, sir? What was that, uh, that uh, they let Alabama beat them as bad as they can? Oh,
4: right? it was, It was. you know, we all got paid. Let's wait for the tournament. That that type uh-huh. deal. They all, <laughs> they all went and had a steak dinner, a couple expensive bottles of wine with all that money Bruce was paying them, and they just tried to take the <laughs> day off. And listen, when you're a paid worker like that, you get days off. You get paid vacation. <laughs> that was just paid vacation for them. Um, let's go to your 12 Uh Last seven years, 12s beating a five twenty and 16 straight up. It's happened really? a lot. My twelves that I think shock the world. New Mexico State I think wins outright. Keep an eye on South Dakota State. Uh, Murray State may send uh, may send Bobby Huggins to the Golden Corral Buffet real quick uh, <laughs> with Dion yeah, if they're not careful. And I think Davidson shocks the world and beats Kentucky. Um, that's my twelve five. Wow. Now here's the here's the one that's going to blow you away. Okay. Last two years eleven versus sixes. Do you know that the eleven is six and two straight up? Really? Last two years in this tournament, the 11 has gone 6-2 and two over the 6th. This year, the two 11s that are going to shock the world. Loyola Chicago is going to beat Miami. UCLA is going to take care of St. Bonaventure tonight, and then they are going to beat Florida uh, on Thursday. So your two 11s, Loyola Chicago and UCLA, two 11s that will win this year.
1: Holy cow. Brandon Lang is with us on the Patriot Realty phone line. Brandon, how much can we really read into conference tournaments when we're weighing who we should select or who we should bet on when it comes time to the NCAA tournament?
4: You have to watch the game to see how they're playing. The familiarity with these teams, having probably played them a third time um, and they're in the conference, you, you can't gauge. Let your eye show you how good these teams are playing. Listen, John Calipari's got Kentucky playing really well. They just happen to be playing a Davidson team that's playing just as well, and Davidson matches up really well with Kentucky. I know Virginia losing their sixth man hurts them a little bit, but their starting five is, is unbelievable. If they stay out of foul trouble, I think Virginia's still going to be okay. Um, so I, I always make sure I watch the conference tournament championship games every one because that tells me how that team is playing, not so much the team they're playing against.
1: Brandon, it's Manny. I, I got a question for you about my Tennessee Vols. I'm kind of a closet Tennessee Vols fan. They got a three seed in the tournament. Yeah, I know. Not not so much closet anymore. But um, does does Rick Barnes have – can he take them on a little bit of a run in this tournament, do you think?
4: Well, I got to tell you, man, John Grisham scares me a little bit. He okay. just, he, he just, John Grisham scares me. I'm waiting for his next book, and and uh, every time I look at Rick, I want to go read a Grisham book. Um, <laughs> because, you know they 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 got a great they got a great draw. They really did. Um, and and he should he should be happy about that because they match up really well with Wright State. And if we get the upset I'm talking about with Loyola of Chicago, which I believe we will, he's pretty much got a. Uh, a pretty good test into the, into the Sweet 16. And then here comes Cincinnati, who they match up really well against. But then, unfortunately, here, come, here comes Virginia. Yep. They can make some noise. Um, good matchup for them against Cincinnati in the
2: Sweet 16. Hey, uh, Brandon, what does Virginia's style do to the over and under? Or is it is it 10 points uh, lower than every other uh, big time game you run into in this tournament? What's the oh, over little, and under? A little Virginia? more
4: than that. A little really? more than that. And I'll tell you something right now. If you get if you get Virginia in Cincinnati Playing in the Elite Eight, that over-under is going to be 32. I'm going to go under, final score would be 19-17. So uh, that's just going to be ridiculous. The halftime score might be 9-7 with those two. Um, It is
2: amazing how they guard you, isn't it, Virginia? Man, they guard you.
4: It's like their mom's being held hostage, and if if, if you know if they score, they're, they're cutting off a finger. I mean, they just go after. For me, being a basketball junkie, it, it's fun to watch teams trying to score against that Star Wars force field.
2: Hey, uh, Brandon, uh, when does Vegas start hopping this week? Uh, do they come in on Wednesday night or Thursday, or do they come in for the weekend? When they does start,
4: the... they start coming in? Coming in tonight and tomorrow. Um, because you want to get here, get organized, get in your room, bed a little bit. But you got to get up early and get your spot in the sports books because they start lining up about an hour and a half before to get a seat. And then it's, it's prime real estate. It's Beverly Hills real estate in these sports books come, uh, come Thursday morning.
2: Well, Super Bowl is a big thing and a few other things. But how big is this uh, week out there uh, with all these games to bet?
4: I always say you got to have three things on your bucket list in life. One of those is the skydive. You got to skydive because you <laughs> yeah. got to fall. You got to fall in the air for about fifty seconds second to look at the earth. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Number two is you got to scuba. If you have you ever been to a millionaire's house and you've looked and he's got one of those unbelievable fish tanks and it's mm-hmm. just so clear and you sit there and you're looking at it and you're like that's amazing. Go scuba dive the Great Barrier Reef. Okay, it's like you're in that. That's number. Tank.
2: That's number two.
4: That's number two. Number three, you got to go and experience the first four rounds of the NCAA basketball tournament in a sports book in Vegas. <laughs> All right, you will see grown men cry. You'll see half the sports book laying two and a half up three with six seconds to go, and you'll see the other side of the sports book sitting there with the other side, and hearts are broken, men are crying, tickets torn up, curse <laughs> the world, and you guys got celebrating like they won the lotto and it's literally five feet away from each other. It's. It's unbelievable to say the least.
2: BrandonLang.com. Check him out. And, Brandon, uh, when are we going to get you? Next week or before the Final Four?
4: You guys can have me whenever you want me.
2: All right. All right. Beautiful. We'll take you anytime we can get you, sir. Got it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, BrandonLang.com. So, the Great Barrier Reefs. Yep. And uh, and skydiving, and then uh, going to Vegas for this this weekend. I, well, I guess we'll have to do that. Though. Top that, Barrero. All righty. <laughs>